Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. You are listening to Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Here's the commissioner. With the fourth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. I want to be the best at everything I do. And I feel like I am the best player at times, so that's my thought process. I just want to be the best. Indy just drafted an absolute freak at quarterback. Damn right I'm excited. But now you you know, and then you sober up and say, okay, now we gotta now we gotta go play and make it work. I feel like I've been dealing with pressure my whole life. Uh, pressure isn't anything new for me. And then playing at the University of Florida, I feel like it was a lot of pressure and that as well. So uh, pressure doesn't do anything but create, you know, legend. So I'm gonna make sure I'm prepared to the best of my ability so I can make things work for this franchise. If you are what you say you are a superstar Finally, the bat off the shoulders of Chris Ballard. It was quite a mighty swing to the fences with the selection of Anthony Richardson at number four overall. A good Friday morning to you. An overcast start here to end the week. Kevin Bowen, Jake Quarry, and Mark Dykton recapping um, for the first time in over three years, uh, in my opinion, the Colts have injected some hope uh, into the most important position in sports. Clearly, development will be needed with Anthony Richardson. That is without debate, but it is an injection of life and a long-term view, and we will dissect all of that today. Joe Wright's going to join us at 8.30, and we will hear your reaction as well. Jake, your thoughts? My thought was that Chris Ballard finally went along with the narratives that have been said about the Colts for a long time. Not to say that he was against those narratives, but once the time finally came, the Colts decided to go back to the future. Instead of the same, the Colts are a team that has been built and based upon since Andrew Luck's retirement, essentially getting by with other positions either lifting the quarterback or offsetting the quarterback. And now they are following suit with the trend in the NFL of finally getting a quarterback that sets the trend for the rest of the offense. By getting a guy, I think it's very clear that it came down to what you had mentioned was a possibility, Kevin, yesterday that Shane Steichen – this was his influence and his pick. Not to, taking nothing away from Chris Ballard, but I think that the difference is they had a choice between going one of two offensive styles, kind of the traditional pro-style type t- player in Levis, even though Levis has some mobility, or going with the modern and moving forward quarterback in the Jalen Hurts style of Shane Steichen, and they went with the latter. You know, I think the debate we've had over the past few months, Jake, is just look at the AFC landscape right now. 
and, and what do you need to try and compete and hopefully thrive in this conference? And I think there is a big argument to be made for trying to take the biggest swing. And, and clearly, that was their thought process with this selection. You know, Shane Steichen came to Chris Ballard just a couple weeks on the job. And after watching some highlights of Anthony Richardson, Shane Steichen was pretty much like, wow, um, that is stuff that you just cannot teach. Jalen Hurts, you know, doesn't have some of these athletic traits. Um, and then I think the more the Colts continue to do homework on him, uh, the in-person workout in Gainesville, bringing him here for a visit, um, really over the past month, that kind of solidified the complete profile of, all right, we believe that obviously the physical gifts speak for themselves, but that this guy is wired in a way where we feel like he can develop. Because again, he's not, he can't even legally drink. Turns 21 next month. So you, he is extremely young and the questions are there about inexperience and accuracy and all that. But as Ballard said last night, we made this pick thinking about the future, thinking about what he can grow, what he can get to eventually and down the road. Um, and, and, you know, I, Certainly have said this a lot here over the past few months, but you know when you think about the last three and a half years for this franchise, I mean, really ever since Andrew Luck started having the shoulder issues in 2015, uh, they just have not had a quarterback that you could even say was close to ascending. And now they have at least attempted to go down that path, and they've done it with a guy that certainly brings a dynamic running element to your offense, him and Jonathan Taylor, uh, from a run-pass option standpoint, is something that Shane Steichen has to absolutely love. And you've taken a swing for the fences, you're on base, and now it's up to Steichen and the atmosphere around him to, you know, keep keep that guy on the base pass and you know, obviously try to hit a home run with it. Do you remember me asking, and I can't recall, Kevin, whether it was you or Zach Kiefer that I asked this to, it might have been both. Do you remember me asking the question of between Levis and Richardson, whichever one the Colts pass on, if both were available? Which one had the higher potential of then plummeting in the draft? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I think both of you guys I asked, and both of you said you thought Levis. Um, I will li- – listen, I mean, 100% me, – whatever you want to call it, mea culpa, yeah, I mean, I'm not overly worried about it. Let me, I mean, I'll read you the following tweet. This is from David Burnett Sr. Precipitous fall for Will Levis. Not one mention of the new supposedly bad toe prior to the draft night. I'm sorry, now. Sorry, not one mention of the now supposedly bad toe prior to draft night. Indie media talking heads were dead certain the guy was going to the Colts. Can't wait to hear them moonwalking back their prediction and sources. Keep it 100, Jake Query. Okay. I I will readily admit, I think to say that we didn't talk about Anthony Richardson or C.J. Stroud is totally disingenuous. But I had said all along the name that I – the only name that I had publicly heard people around the Colts that they talked about going the furthest back was Will Levis. But I will admit this, Kevin, 100%. I'll stand on top of the monument and yell it out to anybody that wants to hear it. I had not heard a lot of concern about the toe injury being a potential holding him out of the first round issue for Will Levis. I had not heard that yeah. until after the fact. Yeah, I man, I know he had played through a foot injury his final season, um, but to the fact that, you know, that would be a huge reason why he would fall out of the first round, no, I, I, I had not obviously heard it to that degree. Um, and we'll see, you know, if and when a team does trade up. You know, typically if you're 
interested in some quarterback, you look into the first round, the back end of the first round. Lamar Jackson, we saw with Baltimore about a handful of years ago, did that. Uh, the Colts have the fourth pick in the second round. Uh, so Miami had a forfeit their first rounder. So today you, you, you'll see, I think, is it Pittsburgh? Is that yes. leads off yeah. round two? Yep, because of the Bears' trace, Clay, Chase Claypool trade, yes. That is correct. Uh, so that'll be 32 um, to get things started. The Colts sit there at 35 and 31. then 79. Oh, yeah, 32, I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, 35 and 79 for the Colts today. You know, one thing about Richardson that, you know, we had on, um, what was his name? Was it Dave Kelly? Something Kelly. Sean Kelly. Sean Kelly. The voice of uh, the Florida Gators back a few months ago. And he had only been on the job for one year in Gainesville. So I know he didn't get a whole lot into it, but Richardson's background is interesting. Um, This is a Gainesville guy. Um, moved there from Miami when he was 10, um, decided to go to college, obviously, in Gainesville, decided to wear Tim Tebow's number. Um, I get a little bit of Benedict Matherin off-the-court, off-the-field vibes from him. And by that, I mean this. He is extremely confident. The quotes speak for themselves. Um, But also he is very quick to acknowledge that there is work that is certainly needed. And I've always felt like that was a really interesting attribute from Matherin. Typically, if you're uber confident, borderline cocky, you don't mess around with, uh, oh, I need to do this extra. I need to do that extra. But in both of these two cases, I do feel like that is there. And I could be totally proven wrong, but I think it's, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, I know, has gushed about it with Matherin. And I feel like whether it's Billy Napier at Florida or it's listening to the Colts and their homework on Richardson, this is a guy that, again, will sit here and tell you, uh, hell, I think he has a tattoo that says he's one of one. And he knows he's got traits that the quarterback position hasn't seen in eons. But at the same time, he fully, fully realizes we got to make some big-time developments if I want to be known as one of the greatest of all time. I think the thing that is – I, I mean – Kevin, let me give you like the my gut like assessment in kind of reading everything about him, Richardson, from both sides, and then you get, I want you to grade me A to F, okay? Um, I would say it like this: Anthony Richardson is a player that there is a lot of very intriguing nature uh, th- there's a lot of intrigue about him because he has a lot of characteristics that have never yet been seen at the quarterback position that cause one to salivate by dreaming about what might be because of the fact that he is more athletic bigger and stronger than anyone really that we have seen at the position however the one pause with that is that the one thing about him that we have seen is that there are hiccups in his game that precedent shows are the ones that are the hardest to overcome when they are habits you already have. In other words, it is one thing in terms of just an accuracy with your timing that can be typically practiced or coached through. But if it is a mechanics issue, that's something that typically is taken care of before one comes out of college. But he is young and you can overcome those perhaps but the law of averages says those would be the the only red flags, is that the areas that held him back, statistically speaking at Florida, 
are areas that usually a more mature player has taken care of by the time they're entering the professional rank. Yeah, I think the Colts look at it, Jake, and they're like, the fundamentals are not dried in cement. They they, they can still be I understand, molded a I, little bit. I understand, but what I'm saying is that – and I'm not saying that's wrong, but what I'm saying is if there is an area where you would say – if someone were to say – I'm buying a new car. Tell me about the risk of this car. In this case, they would say, well, if you're asking me what the risks sure. are, oh, yeah. Th- yeah. then what I would tell you is the one area that you have to sell yourself into the fact that the mechanics are not in cement and hope that's the case because there is precedent that for some guys, those things have already been cemented. Yeah, I mean, touch is a question. Um, I would say probably more of the like just kind of basic throws. I mean, the arm down the field and the accuracy down the field actually is pretty Correct. good. The third and eight slant, it, right? It, yeah, it's more just the basic stuff. I mean, if you want to use a golf analogy, the guy can bomb the driver, but you know what's his wedge game look like? That's where more of the question is. The other question I have is, and this comes down to experience, I, and I could be premature with this, but I got the vibe last night that Shane Steichen's going to be more willing to throw him into the fire earlier than maybe most think. And I am all in on that. I think you have to have game experience as early as possible. But I think a question you have, and this is why when you saw Lamar Jackson, and probably more of a of a Cam Newton, play limited in college, you want to see these guys in big-time moments, down in the fourth quarter, those sorts of situations. How do they react? Because we all watch the NFL. Why do we love it? Because there's so much parity and so many one-possession games. And I think that is a question you have of, in 13 games, he was 6-7 and seven as a starter. You can't run from that. And in a game that he admitted he had circled on his calendar going against Will Levis in Kentucky this past year, knowing the NFL draft implications that just naturally come with such a game, Anthony Richardson had one of his worst games, maybe his worst, in college. So those are the questions that you have. Of this is a pretty poised quarterback when you watch pressure around him. I'm talking about like pass rush pressure. But when the games are on the line and the fourth quarter is here, is this a guy that's going to rise to that occasion? There's just no, there's just not enough of a sample at Florida to truly know that. You know, Bryce Young, you saw that moment after moment at Alabama. For Richardson, way too small of a sample size. So that I, I, I would throw in there as the other question outside of accuracy. But again, the Colts are banking on traits. They're banking on Shane Sykin's development. And right away, the dual threat ability of Richardson and Jonathan Taylor should give the Colts one of the more potent rushing attacks. And and, and you know what? Another thought I had last night, Jake, and obviously this isn't the end-all, be-all, but at least they're going to be a more entertaining product. They were I'm, boring as hell last year. Yeah, I mean, no, they were boring sure. as hell I'm last curious, year. I'm curious, when, when did they hand the ball to him? I think earlier than a lot of people think. Because he, here's my thought also. And by the way, good morning to everybody on a Friday. Kind of an ugly start to the day. Uh, that's Kevin Bowen. I'm Jake Quarry. Mark Dykton here as well. It is Kevin and Quarry on 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. Joe Wright's going to join us on the program this morning. You heard him last night covering the draft for the Colts on this radio station. Mark, that's at what time? That is at 8.30. 8.30, Joe Wright's joins us this morning. Um, Kevin, the one thing I'll say is that when you look at the AFC – Trevor Lawrence, you've heard me say this a hundred times, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson now that we know is going to stay in Baltimore, no surprise there. Um, I, I don't know if I'd throw Deshaun Watson in this grouping, but 
Joe Burrow, if I didn't say him yet, Josh Allen. You know, there, there's a ton. Patrick Mahomes, obviously. The AFC, Aaron Rodgers now. The AFC is stockpiled with quarterback talent. And what's interesting is I think the Colts tried to wedge like being a, you know, run the damn ball, that kind of a team a couple of years ago. But you, it's harder to do that when you have a quarterback that can't also do that, right? And now it feels like they're going to have more flexibility offensively of being able to play, albeit a little more modern version of it, but to play kind of keep away with the football. Does that make sense? Without a doubt. And that is a trait that I think – and Mark, have that Shane Steichen clip, the um, Richardson as a runner and, and having the high floor, but I, I know Shane was – also wanted to point out his throwing ability. I mean, from day one, as long as your offensive line just isn't totally crippled, and obviously the offensive line had some issues, I'd say more in pass protection last year than in the run game, you should immediately be a pretty darn good rushing attack. And I think the hope is, with Richardson's run threat, that all of a sudden you're pulling a safety down into the box, and with Richardson, his strength, which you don't I don't think it's always the case. Strong quarterback runners are not typically great down-the-field throwers. But those are two areas I think you would already slot in, certainly his running element. And even his down-the-field strength is much more of a strength than kind of his short game passing. So right away, that kind of gives you a little bit of a, okay, what does your play-action game look like? What is your just simply creating more big plays? I think that is the hope with Richardson as well, is you're tapping into a little bit more of that. Uh, mentioned on yesterday's show, if you want to talk dominant traits, Levis doesn't have it. Richardson certainly b- will bring a dominant trait right away with his running ability. Here was Shane Steichen on that last night. It definitely helps. I mean, when a guy can run and add that element to your offense, I mean, it's a, it's a big plus. It puts stress on defenses, and obviously he has that capability. But I, I, I just wouldn't sleep on his throwing ability either. I mean, he that ball comes out pretty now he can spin it he's got a huge arm and he's made some huge plays in the past game so we're excited to work with him a couple things to keep in mind um why the Colts are banking on this Cam Turner their quarterbacks coach uh has history directly with Cam Newton and Kyler Murray um so certainly when you talk about dual threat you talk about young quarterbacks transitioning from the college game that adds to it a couple of offensive assistants that they've added this year from the Giants coaching staff Anybody that watched the Giants last year, they had a bit of a dual threat um, offense with what Daniel Jones was as a runner, and then obviously Saquon Barkley playing off of that. So it's not just Shane Steichen that I think this young offensive staff, there are guys in that building right now that have recent history with these types of quarterbacks. So I think that kind of plays into a little bit more of the Colts thinking. I don't know if it was smokescreen or not, um, I had heard that the Colts were listening to trade back calls, as wild as that sounds. Um, Jake, your thoughts on Houston coming back up to number three and what the Colts would have done if Anthony Richardson was off the board? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I, I was a little surprised that Houston – give credit to Houston, right? The fact that – I was more surprised that Houston went Stroud. I'll, I'll give John McClain credit because when we had him on, he was like, listen, they are going to take quarterback number two, period. Now, he said Levis, and it was Stroud, but um, that was, to me, the bigger area where I was impressed by Houston because 
whatever question marks were out there about C.J. Stroud, Houston's like, no, he's the second best player. And I thought he was at quarterback for sure. Um, I saw somebody, Mark, it might have been you, that sent a tweet that said, like, Houston's going to be a problem. Yep. Uh, two players does not a franchise make. They got a long way to go. But, you know, I think they got – you could make the argument that they got the two best players in the draft, quite frankly. But – it also might be a dry draft, so who knows? You know, let me give you the cynic variation. I'm not saying it was by design, but did Chris Ballard draft the quarterback that gives him the longest leash in terms of the patience necessary before that player truly gets evaluated? Um, I, I guess I understand where you're coming from on that. I think Shane Steichen had a lot of say in this, though, and, and that's who Shane Shane wanted this type of quarterback. Um, I think when you look at the AFC right now, taking the biggest swing was what the Colts deemed necessary. And, and clearly, the NFL told you a whole lot of what they think of, of Will Levis and Hendon Hooker last night. I mean, clearly. So... Um, I don't think, you know, obviously in the Colts' minds, I don't think this was like a Richardson or a Levis. I mean, the fact that he dropped 27 spots after the Colts picked. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't but how many it. how many teams were drafting in those spots, though, that were desperate for a quarterback? Well, I mean, desperate, no, but I think you see a lot of teams that aren't afraid to take quarterbacks to try and bridge that gap. Um, you know, I thought maybe the Raiders at seven. I mean, hell, Seattle and Detroit at five and six. Falcons at eight. Certainly the Titans at 11. Um, you know, I think some people thought NFC-wise, what does Tampa do at 19? What does Minnesota do early in the 20s? Washington. Uh, Washington, of course. Um, and the fact that nobody then traded back into round one. You know, that's that's something, you know, it's, if I'm not mistaken, I think Green Bay traded up for Jordan Love. Um you know, Baltimore did that with Lamar Jackson. That's typically like things that you see kind of late round one. Um, but no, I, I don't view that in a Chris Ballard sitting in his office saying, how do I prolong this job as much as possible? Um, I think it is a legit attempt to swing for the fences. And I've been saying for years they need to get the bat off the shoulders. And this is without a doubt a massive, massive swing. Again, that pitch could fly by you, I mean, and it they, could be a miss, but it is a huge swing at the most important position in sports, and it's an injection of life this franchise desperately needed, and now you bank on Shane Steichen's resume. But they were going to, what I'm saying is, Kevin, I think Richardson has, you are correct, the most upside of anybody, and in that regard, it's a huge swing. But in terms of, they were going to take a quarterback. I mean, I think we knew going into it they were going to take a quarterback. They just happened to take the quarterback that has potential for the biggest moonshot home run, but also probably has the highest potential of the three to be Reggie Jackson on one knee with a swing and a miss. You think if Tennessee was that trade up to three and they take Richardson, the Colts then take Levis at four? Yes. Yeah, I um... – Unless they I, I, I unless like they the trade Levis back stuff. and take and take Hooker, but they they were going to take a quarterback. I just feel like that Levis draft. stuff was overblown. I mean, clearly it was, but but I, but I think yes, I think the Colts had interest in Levis. Do do they get 
I, you got to think those in Kansas City get him a jar of mayo tonight to be back in the green room for night two, right? There are, what, four players that are still left? Are there four? The, yeah, there were four that were in the green room. Wow, that's more than usual. How about Mel Mel Kuyper's? Um, Kuyper was extremely high on Levis, but outside of that, I thought I saw where Kuyper got 29 of the 31 picks right. That's impressive because on That's NBA really good. on NBA nights usually it's like they got six picks correct. You know you're like really. I mean, Joey Porter Jr. still on the board. He was outstanding against Purdue in the opener. Michael Mayer, Notre Dame tight end, uh, still on there. I think it was expected the local guys here. Juju Brents from Warren, Dewan Jones from Ben Davis, both out there. I fully expect to hear their names called tonight. Again, the Colts pick at 35, and then again coming up at 79. We'll take your calls, uh, 317-239-1070. As Jake said, Joe Wright's going to join us here coming up at 830. Um, The plan today for Anthony Richardson, um, we got him on Zoom last night. Uh, I believe he is supposed to be flying to Indianapolis. I would assume, nothing set in stone by any means, I'd assume some afternoon press conference for him. I'd like to think maybe JMV could get him on we'll, we'll we'll see exactly what the plan looks like for Anthony Richardson the rest of the day but uh, that's the plan and then tonight what is it is it 7 or 7:30 for things tonight for round 2 whatever time Pittsburgh decides to start right now let's see um is tonight 2 and 3 2 and, two three. and 3 yeah yep. 7 o'clock looks like 7 okay were there any major surprises to you in round 1 so, Other than Levis, I mean, Levis is the big one, but... You know, obviously, like, as soon as the pick happens, I'm kind of just, like, focused on, okay, Richardson getting stuff out. But I will say, I had, like, an audible gasp when I heard Detroit took a running back at, like, mm-hmm. 12. Yeah. Jameer Gibbs, is that right? Yeah. And then every time I looked up, it looked like the Eagles were drafting a Georgia defensive lineman. Boy, the, and one of them did a, a little finger thingy with... Oh, boy. Did you see that with uh, Goodell? Oh, no, I missed that. Was that Jalen Carter or is that yeah, Nolan Smith? Yeah, Jalen Carter, like they pointed at each other and then locked fingers and did like a little thumb war dealio. Oh. One, two, three, four. Yeah, I declare awkward. a thumb war. Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight. No You know sneak what I attacks. had stuck in my head, Kevin? I... The cemetery song? Yes. Oh, I thought Dominic yes. the Foe. How, how did you know that, Kevin? Welcome to my cemetery. Okay. This is where you will be buried. I had that. That's I, the jar of mayo the Levis family I is I looked singing. at my Fitbit this morning, and it said that I last was night. awake for 37 minutes last night and got a total of three hours and 13 minutes of sleep. That's about what like, I got, too. And that song was stuck in my head the whole time. Are you singing it to Boo? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what, yeah. the, what are you saying? Uh, anything else stand out to you guys? Mark, your Bears got a Darnell right tackle. Wright. Is that yes. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that Jalen Carter was there at nine, and they traded back one spot and let the Eagles grab him, and they took Darnell Wright, which that's fine by me. Protect Justin Fields at all costs. So I do expect the Bears to address edge and defensive line heavily uh, these next few picks. I'll tell you and one thing. And then B. John Robinson at eight with the Falcons I thought oh, was kind of crazy. It was a very like, win-now move by the Falcons. Yeah. And the so Falcons are they in on Desmond Ritter? Yeah, I don't know. They're going to have to. I mean, they've got to at least give him a shot, right? I'll tell you one thing that jumped out at me, and this always makes me mad. It always makes me mad when players from a school that I don't like at all and I want to root everything against them 
and everything else. And and when I watched them play, they drove me crazy because they made big plays for teams that I didn't want to root for. And then I see them interviewed or I read about them and I go, that is a really impressive guy. I thought Jackson Smith and Jigbo, when he got drafted and did his interview, all I could think to myself is, that is a really, really nice young guy. And the whole time I was thinking, and I hated him at Ohio State. And then I almost felt bad. I had to remember it's Ohio State, so I didn't feel so bad. But I, I just thought he was super impressive. And he is and, and he is one that I had kind of forgotten about. And then well, he goes up this year. Yeah, well, I know he missed the vast majority of the year, right? But he you know, he's walking across the stage for Seattle at twenty, and I'm thinking to myself, Boy, that's a guy that looked like a top ten pick every time I saw him play. And I know he was hurt. He had I think it was a hamstring for the majority of the season um, and didn't play. But, man, he could flat out fly. And and then listening to him, I just thought, you know what, I kind of want, I, I want to root for that guy. Obviously, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson to the Houston Texans, the other AFC South picks, a couple offensive tackles. Uh, Peter Skaronsky, is that right? I guess he could play guard uh, to the Titans. And then the Jags got a tackle out of Oklahoma. How about, uh, how about Lucas Van Ness's uh, party that he had going on? Yeah, I, I'm not I a big did, fan of the Packers, but I did nice. uh, see your tweet on that, and some people were appreciative of the Levis camp as well. Mm-hmm. Now, who was the was that the kid for Iowa that, as he was being interviewed, some somebody else like was like jumping all over him, and they actually physically pulled yeah. the kid off of mm-hmm. him. Yeah, is this his brother, Kirk <laughs> Ferentz. No, there's a lot going on on that couch, yeah. though. Do you remember the Jacob Eason moment during the draft? Oh, sure, yeah. Coming down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Nice Saturday morning for Jacob Eason leading into <laughs> being picked in round four.